You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. everyone welcome back to another thursday episode of clapback culture i'm your girl jules jesse and i'm so glad to be here this week what's up my party people i see y'all coming in streaming in live thank you for tuning into this stream on facebook um, as well as youtube you guys go ahead and take the time right now to share the stream and get your home girls and your homeboys on here we want to make sure that we have everybody and we have a full show tonight okay um, y'all, it's been a busy week. I feel like I say that every week, but this week has really been busy, you know, um, and busy for some good news too, right? So, you know, I had some criticism not last week, the week before about President Biden's student lo- loan forgiveness program. Well, on Monday, you guys, they launched finally the application on the studentaid.gov website and I took my time to spend on the five minute application. It says it right there, you guys, um, to apply for that student loan debt relief, that $20,000 in student loan debt, $25,000 if you're married. Um, and this is for, without all the caveats, it's still for individuals who make less than $125,000 a year or married couples who make a combined income of 250,000 a year. Now, of course, there would be nothing good without some shade, right? So the Republicans are leading um, the state, or Republicans that are leading the states, um, leading Republican states are arguing that, you know, President Biden doesn't have this type of authority. Um, And they're, you know, fighting against that and they're looking for ways to find lawsuits to kind of see if he overstepped that authority. So we will see some things spiraling and some things changing. So if I were you, I would take the time to go fill out that five minute application. You don't need to log in. You don't need to have your login and password. You don't need nothing. It's a five minute form. And after the form, it just submits your information, right? It's very simple, very easy. Um, and I mean, listen, it's money, free money on the table, honey. And that's for me, that was enough. Um, but remember, I reported you guys that until recently, people with privately held student loans from uh the defunct federal family education loans program could consolidate into a direct loan that would be eligible for relief, right? Remember that was a part of the clause. So if you had a a student loan that was privately held with the federal family education loan program, you could consolidate it, put it into a direct loan, that direct loan would have been eligible for relief. However, in September, they reversed that and said it would no longer allow borrowers to take advantage of the program. Now, the Biden administration is saying they are looking for ways um, for a solution to expand the relief to parties that fall in this category. So that was what I had mentioned um, in weeks past. So don't fret, fill out the five minute application 
Um, Cuddy, go ahead and put that overlay up where it says, thank you for applying. Thank you, your application for your one-time student loan. This is a screenshot of when I did it this week, you guys. The deadline is December 31st, 2023. That is not a typo. So you have until next December to get that application in. Things change rapidly. Do not wait. I'm telling you, don't wait. All right, in other news, um, so I missed talking about this last week because I wasn't here, you guys, I apologize. But Nicholas Cruz, uh, that is the shooter, the 19-year-old former student who opened fire at students and staff at the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Miami. Um, well, in a Miami, in Parkland, Florida, you guys. He murdered 17, student, 17 people, including students as young as 14, and injured 17. If you guys remember, this is back uh, Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2018. So this is a while back. So he is finally having his day in court. And a jury recommended that he receive life without parole. So, of course, the families are not happy about that. They do not feel that justice has been served. Um and the state argued they had a pretty strong argument that the killings were especially heinous because they were calculated and that Cruz spent months. They found evidence of months of him doing his research, um, searching online for mass shootings and social media, you know, spreading the social media jargon about, you know, him wanting to kill people. Um, you know, so they had a, a load of evidence there. Well, the four person from the jury, his name is Benjamin Thomas. He came out um, and said that all of the charges, you guys, he was up, he was eligible for the death penalty. And that is what the families of the victims were fighting for, were for the death penalty. He came out and told a CNN affiliate this, you guys, he told them there was one juror with a hard no, she just couldn't do it. And there was another two that ended up voting the same way. The hard no didn't believe he, didn't basically didn't want to go through with charging the death penalty because she didn't because she believed he was mentally ill that he shouldn't get the death penalty. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, this is my thing. I am not a huge advocate for the death penalty um, because oftentimes we find that people are innocent, but this is a case where someone has already pled guilty um, and there is no qualms about whether or not he actually committed this crime. Um, do Would you be able to sit on a jury panel and be able to hand off a death sentence? Maybe because you live with that in your conscience. So that's another thing. I mean, this is our jury system. This is the way it works. Um, and everyday people come in with their own beliefs on how they want to uh, see a case through and they get to vote on it. And you have to vote unanimously in order to get that decision, to get that death penalty decision. So Nicholas Cruz, who was 19 years old at the time of the shooting, um, he is serving life without the possibility of parole. Uh, he is going to be sentenced later on um, in the next few weeks and families will be able to then um, you know, go in and speak their remarks to the judge. So, I mean, I feel, you know, I'm sorry for those families that they feel that they didn't get justice and that justice was not served in this case. So, um, you know, rest in peace to 
those victims. And um, we're just sending love and light to those families because that's heartbreaking. All right, you guys. Well, Halloween is coming. Do you guys have your costumes? Are you guys doing anything? Like, what is the tea? I love Halloween, you guys. I, I think it's just a fun, festive time of year. Um, I'm super into fall. I'm a fall baby. My birthday is November 7th. Go ahead and write that down on your calendar now, you guys. I accept Cash App, Zelle, and Venmo, honey. So if you want to send your girl a little something for her birthday, don't be shy. Um, but it's always had me love Halloween. And so it's such a great time of year. Um, in fact, we are hosting a big, huge trunk or treat here in DC on October the 29th. Uh, so if you are in the Washington DC area and you want to support families, um, a safer alternative than to, you know, than to going on knocking on all these doors in these neighborhoods. Uh, you can pull up your vehicle and pop your trunk, decorate your trunk, something festive, something scary, something fun, um, and give kids snacks and everything else out of your car, snacks, candies, goods, books, whatever you feel like it. Because this year it's feeling like it's fentanyl wrapped in these candies, 12,000 fentanyl pills, you guys, were seized today um, in candy wrappers at LAX, sparking Halloween warnings to parents. This is horrible. Authorities um, in Los Angeles are again warning parents about the possibility of these drugs being mixed in with the candy um, and are, are, you know, sending out this big warning to parents like you have to check your candy. So here's how they did it. Someone tried to get through security with bags of candy that can't contain the fentanyl pills and they were wrapped in like skittles packages so within the skittles and the um and the whoppers and the sweet tart packets were actually pills of fentanyl now fentanyl is i'm, I'm sure it's expensive to smuggle these drugs you guys you know what i'm saying so i don't think they're just going to be giving it away but this is something to think about because if one person gets a hold of one of those boxes. You know what I'm saying? It could end up in the bag of your child or your, you know, the kids that you're taking out, you guys. So really be careful, be mindful of that. You know, we're still in the age of checking that candy. I, can, I mean, we have to. So take your kids to trunk or treat, you guys. At least you know the parties that are involved there. They are vetted, okay? These people are vetted. It's a nice, safe alternative than just going and knocking on anyone's house, all right? Um, I wanna welcome everybody who's just coming in the room. What's up, you guys? You guys are a little bit late, but I'm glad you're here, okay? Um, so yeah, you guys, that's, that. I mean, that's what it is. So look, we're gonna take a quick break, but when we come back, I gotta talk about this Kanye West interview and him throwing, not even shade, throwing out false accusations on the death of George Floyd. Let's talk about it when we come back. You're watching Clapback Culture. Stay tuned. All right, y'all. Welcome back to the show. You're watching Clapback Culture. And of course, I could have made this a clapback, you guys, honestly, but there is just so much to unpack here. I'm going to take my good old time because I do have another topic I want to talk to you guys about that's real serious. So, Kanye West, the rapper formerly known as Kanye West, yay, um, is back in the news for this three hour and 25 minute 
interview that he did on the Drink Champs podcast. Um, he sat with former rapper Nori, um, who is the co-host of the podcast. And listen, I, I watch Drink Champs podcast. I support it. I think it's a great platform, but I'm very disappointed, um, particularly as a podcaster myself, that Nori and his team did not reel in Kanye during this three hour and 25 minute session. And within this, in the first 15 minutes, really the first 30 minutes of the conversation, Kanye is just all over the place. But now there is a lawsuit that's coming out because he defamed George Floyd. So the family of George Floyd is coming out for $250 million, you guys. Let's put, let's put up that fact sheet real quick, um, Cuddy, if we can. So here, here's the facts. He went on Drink Champs and made a claim that Floyd died of a fentanyl overdose, which we know is not the case. George Floyd died from asphyxiation, uh, from his neck being compressed by former Minneapolis police officer Chauvin's knee. And that is according to witness testimonies and autopsies reports. Those are facts. And also we can see it right there on camera. The interview has since been removed from YouTube, Apple Music, and Spotify. However, the interview still is circulating all over social media. So if you guys haven't seen this, I'm sure you can pull it up and find it. So it's crazy to me that in this three-hour-long podcast interview that Kanye is literally throwing up diarrhea at the mouth and he, he says this, you guys. So here's the clip of him talking about George Floyd dying from a fentanyl overdose, which we know not to be true. So we're going to play this simply for the purposes for us to talk about this and have a conversation, not because we believe it. So let's take a look. Watch the George Floyd documentary that Candace Owens put up. One of the things that his two roommates said was they want a tall guy like me. And the day when he died, he said a prayer for, you know, eight minutes. He said a prayer for eight minutes. They hit him with the fentanyl. They hit him with the fentanyl. They hit him with the fentanyl. If you look, the, the guy's knee wasn't even on his neck like that. When he said mama, mama his, is his girlfriend. They said he screamed for his mama. Mama was his girlfriend. It's they hit him with the fentanyl. First of all, who is they, Kanye? Who is who is they? They hit him with the fentanyl. So according to medical examiner reports, because there were two when the trial was released, right? And this is information that you can just grab on the internet. If you had have watched Kanye, maybe you should watch my show because we took a deep dive on this topic. Um, he died from asphyxiation. He died from suffocation, you guys. Two autopsy reports revealed that. Um, so and not only that, I'll just like to say in a quote from Wendy Glenn, facts matter. Floyd did, in fact, have fentanyl in his system, but the medical examiner ruled out that he died from an overdose and went on to further say that in a, in a, in experts ruled that the toxicology report, the cardiology and the drug use stated uh, that stated in, that was stated in the death report was unlikely or impossible. So he did not have enough drugs in his system to even overdose to begin with. 
that is confirmed. And so we have Kanye West, who is given a three hour and 25 minute platform to defame the reputation of George Floyd and is citing Candace Owens documentary against Black Lives Matter as if it were a scientific scientific report. Like it was evidence-based, like anything that Candace Owens says is just gold, like she researched it. I mean, if you researched it, are we gonna learn, like, do, we, do you know more than the medical examiners? Do you know more than what was already presented in court? I mean, this was, Derek Chauvin is serving 22 years in prison along with the three other officers who stood by and did nothing. The world was changed because of the life of George Floyd. And so there's a little bit of criticism that's also coming out against uh, George Floyd's family, which is really um, Roxy Washington, I believe her name is. And that's the mother of George Floyd's daughter. Um, and, and there's some criticism coming out that the family should not be asking for any more money that they already received so much money, blah, blah, blah. But did anybody say that to the families about Alex Jones um, in the Sandy Hook? Because they received payment before they took Alex Jones to court. So why aren't we criticizing those families? So we, we gotta be careful how we look at this because we don't want to be the pot calling the kettle black. It does not matter. The loss of George Floyd is huge and it changed the world, not even just the United States, because this happened all over the world. And it brought light, it brought to light police brutality as we know it in this day and age. You guys pull up in the comment section. Let me know how you're feeling about this. So the interview happened. Nori went on Twitter and posted out a tweet that the that the podcast interview had higher ratings than the Super Bowl. Well, let me tell you something about a cute lawsuit. When you are threatened with a lawsuit, your whole situation will change, won't it? Listen, Nori went on the apology campaign, okay? It didn't take him not even 24 hours to get on that apology train. So he was threatened with a lawsuit. Revolt was threatened with a lawsuit, which is which airs his platform, you guys. And they removed it from Revolt. They removed it, removed it from YouTube. They removed it from Apple. They removed it from Spotify. And <laughs> Nori went on the apology campaign, okay? He said, let me get on the breakfast club. I got to talk to you guys about, I didn't, you know, I just, you know, it was this and this and that. What was it? What was it, Nori? Because you can be a podcaster. Like, I think Drink Champs, the goal of Drink Champs is fun, right? And it's an opportunity for hip-hop influencers and artists and people within that industry can come on the platform and have really interesting, fun conversations. 
Kanye West was not provided a platform by other people because he was already in the news for being chaotic and spitting vitriol and anti-Semitic comments. And, you know, this idea that he's a free thinker. No, no, no. There's freedom of speech, but but freedom of speech, you guys, has nothing to do with misappropriation, with false claims, with lies. Um, And so we got to be careful on what we mean when we talk about free speech. You can be a free you can be a free thinker. Okay, I'm all for that. If you want to be a free thinker, be a free thinker. But when we provide people like, yay, a platform where millions of people get this out to the masses, all you do is, is support his agenda. This is the new group that Kanye West is pandering to, right? It's a new one that's fueling his fire. If you guys think about it years ago, remember he was on social media begging Mark Zuckerberg for some money. You remember that? He was the same one who was in debt when Jay-Z had to loan him some money. He was the same one whose wife was earning more money than he did. Now he is unapologetically attacking black America, the Jewish community and liberals as a whole And he's feeding this new base of individuals that are supporting his platform. Twitter and Instagram have blocked him now on social media. So he's no longer able to use those social media platforms. But lo and behold, this week, you guys, he purchased a conservative social media platform called Parler. And guess who he bought it from? Ironically, he bought it from Candace Owens' husband. Child, I couldn't make this up if I wanted to. Couldn't make it up. Just couldn't make it up. Um, I think it's interesting that Kanye West has a lot of comments to make about the death of George Floyd. But yet you have not ever come to speak out about the death of your mama. Okay, because your mom didn't die of natural causes. Your mom died from cardiac arrest and it's alleged that she died from an overdose of Vicodin. Okay. A pain medication after she got a tummy tuck, a breast augmentation and liposuction and she died the next day. So when are we going to have that conversation to say like, what happened to your mama? If you don't want nobody talking about your mama, why are you talking about somebody's daddy? To me, it's the pot calling the kettle black. And so Kanye, we need you to have several seats, but I think it also takes platforms to not allow people like Kanye West to have a platform to speak their agenda. Even even Tucker Carlson, when he went on Tucker Carlson, they edited out the interview. Like all the stuff he was talking about, the Jews, all the stuff that didn't fit their platform, they cut it. They edited hit the platform. It's disgusting that Revolt made the decision to just air it straight to straight to Black America. That's who watched Drink Champs. So you know you know who your you know who your audience is. You know who your base is. And so I don't believe Nori to be apologetic in this. I think you know he was very excited to get those ratings, um, and I think that. It wasn't until he was threatened with that good lawsuit that he went around and said, um, actually, we're really sorry about that. 
I'm sure Diddy is somewhere sitting quietly thinking like, well, damn, I didn't think it was going to go this far because Diddy, you own Revolt. So even though you are in this social media back and forth with Kanye West, it doesn't matter because you still, you as the owner provided a platform for this to be dispersed around the world. And so we're seeing this still out. Um, it's going nowhere fast. Um, but facts matter, you guys. So D David, Derek Chauvin, excuse me, is responsible for the death of George Floyd. George Floyd died from asphyxiation. He did not die from a fentanyl overdose. Okay, so let's just get that clear. On top of all the other things that Kanye said, child, I can't even, it's just too much. I couldn't, I could not watch the three hour and 25 minute interview. I have to be honest. It was too much. It was just too much to digest. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you guys about uh, Castelio Vaughn, who is an incarcerated individual in an Alabama prison who is really being medically neglected. Let's talk about it when we come back. You're watching Clapback Culture. All right, y'all. Welcome back to Clapback Culture. Listen, you guys know that returning citizens, incarcerated individuals is a, a subject that I do not take lightly. Um, and we have a responsibility and an obligation to treat them in a humane capacity. So images of an emancipated Castelio Vaughn are circulating the internet. This is a 32 year old um, individual who had surgery for an old injury from a previous gunshot wound um, while serving a 20 year prison sentence in Alabama prison. I got a video with pictures. If you haven't seen it, viewers beware. Let's take a look. There's a man in the Alabama state prison who is in this condition. Here it is. Look at it. You see that? You see that, right? That's not some prisoner of war. This is a man inside of an Alabama state prison. Here's what he looked like before, okay? I'm gonna give you the background to this insanity. A South Alabama woman is pleading for help after she received photos of her brother showing him in dire medical distress in a state prison, 32 year old. Castelio Bond, looking well enough and healthy in that picture, which was taken July 24th. He's currently an inmate at Elmore Correctional Facility. He began serving a 20 year sentence in 2019 for multiple convictions for burglary and unlawful breaking and entering a vehicle. He was up for parole in June, but was denied. He will be eligible again for parole consideration June of 2027. First of all, He's serving. I, I left. I left. The, it doesn't matter why, why he's incarcerated, but I thought I leave that tidbit in there because why are you being convicted of 20 years for burglary? What? 20 years for burglary? Like we have to, we have to look at, we have to look at this. Oh, see, Harry Jefferson is already with me in the convert in the conversation right now. He agrees 20 years for burglary. So you caught that. That is exactly why I left that piece in there. So 
Castelio Vaughn, you guys, he's 32. He looks 62 in those in those pictures. He's emaciated. Um, he lost over 75 pounds in one month. He is currently in diapers. He is not being housed in a medical unit. Um, and in, in there's also a worker strike in his prison in Alabama. I mean, in, um, in Alabama right now. So the food and, and quality of care is already plummeting. Um, he's forced to wear diapers and he's not able to change himself. So he's having to rely on other incarcerated men to change him. If there were not illegal cell phones in this prison, this would have never got the attention of his family. So these pictures were sent directly to the family of Castelio Vaughn. So Vaughn's family, um, his sisters, uh, Casey and her twin sister, Cassie, have been advocating relentlessly for weeks, at least for the past four weeks since I've been following this story. Um, and they're, all they're asking for is proper medical treatment for their brother. He had surgery, you guys, to remove a small part of his intestine and due, due to the old gunshot wound. But after his surgery, the day after his surgery, he was returned to general population at the prison. He was then later transferred to a medical, um, a medical unit for observation. But in spite of all the attention and all of the pressure that you know the media and the attorneys are putting on local officials, they still refuse to take Estelio to a regular hospital for care. They're refusing to do so. And his condition remains dire. This man is dying. Can you imagine? I mean, I, I can I can imagine. I can imagine. OK, this is we, we listen. The family has solicited the help and support of Ben Crump. And, and Lee Merrick. Um, and, you know, both of them have been relentlessly going after this, um, going after the, 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 the prison system down in the state of Alabama. Crum says this in a statement um, on Sunday. He said, let's be clear. The state of Alabama has tried to deflect any action or responsibility for Mr. Vaughn's condition at every turn. If it wasn't for these pictures, the media spotlight and the resulting uproar, we might never have known about the neglect of Mr. Vaughn and he would have died before the public knew anything about what was happening. That's the God's honest truth. If there were no pictures, you, you saw the pictures. This is a man who was healthy, normal, 75 pounds heavier, and then following this surgery, who, who the family says had no idea that he, the family had no idea he had such a massive surgery while incarcerated until they received the pictures. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You're looking at your, you're looking at your phone and you're like, geez, what's going on with my brother? Oh, he, he got surgery. And they brought him back. He's good. Can you imagine just having a massive surgery to your small intestines? And not, not only is he unable to change himself, he's still not able to keep um, 
uh, he's, you know, keep the wounds down. So he has, he's still having issues with open wounds all over his body. Let's talk about infection. Let's talk about just proper cleaning. If he can't change himself, he can't bathe himself. If he can't bathe himself, he can't properly medically treat himself. This is a, this is a man who needs help. So he was up for parole this June. Um, these pictures were released in July. So he was up for parole in June and he was denied. The next time he's up for parole is gonna be June of 2027. Let's have a conversation about compassionate release. This is a person who should be let go on compassionate release. Does he look like a threat to the community to you? What threat does Mr. Vaughn pose in his current condition? What does he pose? He can't clean himself. He can't change himself. He can't use the bathroom by himself. We have an obligation to maintain humane, to maintain a humane environment for incarcerated individuals. If there were no pictures and this, and he didn't, imagine if, imagine if Mr. Vaughn didn't have a family. He's very lucky that he has siblings, his twin sisters that are like, oh, absolutely not. And they took it to social media. It was so bad that they were putting so much pressure on the prison that they stopped taking phone calls. They're refusing at every turn not to take any responsibility for Mr. Vaughn's condition. In fact, they're saying that Mr. Vaughn is refusing medical treatment. Imagine that. You think he's refusing medical treatment? First of all, somebody in this situation, why would he doesn't want to die in there? He needs to be released to a hospital. Alabama state prisons and really all prisons and jails have a duty to provide appropriate medical care while a person is incarcerated, while a person is in their custody. They have a duty to provide appropriate medical care. Prisoners are entitled to the same basic human decency as all other individuals around the country, period. Just because you are convicted of a crime does not mean that you no longer are entitled to the same basic human decency as the rest of us in the United States of America. This is gross negligence. If this were somebody who wasn't behind a prison wall, what would happen to the caretakers in that family? They would be arrested. They would be prosecuted. Somebody would be charged. If Mr. Vaughn's sisters were not providing medical treatment and he was at home in their home, they would be prosecuted for this. So why is it that this prison in Alabama 
has no idea how we got like this, is refusing to allow allow his attorneys to come and visit him, is, a few, is refusing to allow him to go to a hospital. Guess what? They can say, you know what? Let's just let him go to the hospital. He's 75 pounds lighter than he was last month. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? 75, he lost 75 pounds in less than a month. Open wounds, relying on other incarcerated men to change his diapers. The humiliation in that. There's humiliation in that. And it's, He's a 32-year-old man. He's a 32-year-old man who already, I mean, he even got this surgery, you guys, because of a old gunshot wound. This man has been through some things, okay? Now, we can have a conversation again about why he was locked up. What are his crimes? What did he do? But let me tell you, it does not matter because he was sentenced to 20 years he wasn't sentenced to death, okay? And if we have a jury in the Nicholas Cruz case who says, oh, I just can't do it. I just, you know, this, this kid was mentally ill. I just, I can't do it. Who said, damn it, I killed 17 people and wounded 17 others as young as 14 because I felt like it. Why is it that we turn our back on black men? And I am going to throw in the race card there. I am absolutely going to throw a race card in there because this is a person who is not a threat to the community any longer. He's emaciated. He has no, he has, he is not able to take care of himself. He, he's, he cannot perform regular activities of daily living. Um, I see Harry Jefferson in the comments says that there are so many stories like this that happen all the time. They are so cruel behind the wall. And again, we can only imagine. And because we can only imagine situations like this, we're grateful for the people who reached out to Vaughn's family uh, so that they could make sure to get this to the news. All right, y'all. Well, I'm going to get off my soapbox. If you guys want to support and advocate for Mr. Vaughn, I recommend that you guys go to Instagram and pull up Sean King at S-H-A-U-N King. Sean King, go to his Instagram page. Um, Sean King is working with Grassroots Law. You can also go to Grassroots Law. Grassroots Law is advocating on behalf of Mr. Vaughn. They're all, you know, with Ben Crump and Lee Merrick. And they have, you know, all the guidelines on how to call in on his behalf to really push the Alabama state prison in providing this man the quality care that he deserves, that he's entitled to. All right. Until then, you guys, you listen, I told you the show was going to be quick and easy today. I'm finished a little bit early. Um, let's see. Next week. Will we be here next week? We absolutely will. Um, but we, I am taking off November the 3rd, so I won't be here November the 3rd, but Omari and I will both be back next Thursday, October the 27th. I'm looking forward to chopping it up with you guys then until next week. You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at treasure of J U L E S. 
please pull up and follow me and send me some show topics. What do you want to talk about next week? These stories, listen, y'all, I need your help. I want to know what you want to talk about, okay? All right, y'all, until then, stay peaceful. And thank you again for always tuning in and spending your Thursday evening with me. Have a great one and I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.